You're listening to the Avoid the Trap Podcast, a show dedicated to helping bettors exploit the betting markets using unconventional strategies and tactics. Turn up the volume and listen closely. The show starts now. So what I want to talk to you guys today about, there's a lot of new exchanges coming up, mostly New Jersey. I don't know if you guys heard of like sports trade or some others. And I want to caution our listeners. The poetic version of a exchange sounds really good, right? You're betting against other people and you are not paying as much big. And so why would you not do this? But the reality is not really that. One of the problems with exchanges in the past has been that the lack of liquidity, right? You know, it's not like if I want to bet a thousand dollars that there's always a thousand dollars there for me to bet. So what the, a lot of these startups are doing, they are hiring market makers. They're hiring people to create markets and put liquidity in these markets. And I promise you, I looked at some of these exchanges and the liquidity, even though on the same sport is not the same. So, so these market makers are deciding which games to put more liquidity on than others. So you're not really, there's not this poetic thing where you're betting against other people. You're actually betting what they want you to bet when you get a bet. And it's almost kind of like selectively booking, which as we all know, I don't know if you guys do know, but selectively booking is like one of the worst things you can get into because when a bookie accepts your bet for $100,000 all the time, and then one time he accepts half a million dollars, I promise that that half a million dollar one is going to lose a lot more than, you know, the other ones. So can I I ask you a question about that? So Let's say what I guess my counter to that is I don't bet that much, but what if you wanted to bet a half million anyway and you're staring at minus 04 on Pinnacle and the exchange has it minus 101? Of course, of course, you would do that, but but and it's probably good for that, but you know, just I'm talking about like the regular people who just want to bet whatever a few hundred dollars or even a thousand dollars on a game. Uh, a lot of times, some of these exchanges don't even have that much liquidity. And when they do have it, it's because you're actually betting against either a sharp group or somebody that works within the exchange that creates mm-hmm. the liquidity for their customers. Um, here's another example. Like, so we bet a lot of soccer and a lot of times we send our bets to certain groups and usually we don't really have a max on how much we want to bet. And, uh, and uh, we noticed very early in our uh, careers that whenever we got a big number back, it was because they had some information that I didn't have. So from now on, whenever we work with a place where we send a bet and then we get a return, we try to always just say, never send us more than X. And that has helped a lot. Like we do a lot better now than in the past, you know, when there was no max. Uh, Sometimes we would be in really bad spots. So, so they would only fill your, well, let's say you had, I don't know the numbers, but let's say your average bet is like 50,000 and you say no max. You're saying when they would 
come back, okay, you got 350 on it. You were constantly closing bad and information was coming out later against you. Like this was, this was usually the case. Yeah. So like oh. these, these are not the type of numbers. These are not the type of numbers we were doing, but it was like we would get roughly ten thousand. The times where we got fifty, or the times where we got seventy, you know, it was always just really bad for us. So now the way we kind of work is we always have a max with certain some of these you know places where you write in your mess. You know, they're called uh, betting bro- brokers. I don't know if you guys have any experience working with people like this. But they're basically bookies in weird places in the world where they're taking sharp bets from anybody. And uh, usually they charge a few cents extra than Pinnacle or a few extra cents than uh, Singbet or HGA, which is a big soccer Asian website. And uh, all their stuff is off market. So, you don't you know, they don't actually touch touch the market and then they use that information to bet you know whatever our imagine our world of pphs and they go out and bet but there'll be times where whenever we were opposing another group they would just give us a bigger amount that they normally would give us so because then they say okay i'll give this guy a bigger amount because i know the other group will take even more on the other way on the way back i don't know if if they're doing that to to just create, you know, to basically create more two-way for themselves or because they knew that the other group uh, was on the other side, so they were willing to gamble versus us. And I feel exchanges are kind of the same way. This poetic thing where you put up your line and then exchanges sometimes you put up your line and nobody takes it. And then the times they do take it is because, you know, LeBron James isn't playing or whatever, right? Yeah. Because you, so so I, I feel I feel all these people are propping up advertising exchanges, and I want to just warn our listeners that the idea of an exchange is great, but the current execution is not really that good. Okay, so then then what I'm thinking as you say that is, if the people in charge of the startups are 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 told okay get us get us some volume and we don't care and they're going to sharp groups or sharp betters my my thought there is okay wouldn't you use this now as like kind of one of your market indicators for your own bets which you know what i mean but for example let's say you want to take minus four on a game and you're on the fence or you're you're looking around what everybody has if that exchange has there's a big offer on like the same one or the opposite? It would be the same. No, it would be the opposite. Then you would kind of know, okay, this is a good bet, right? Yeah, and in tennis, in tennis you would do this a lot. Like Betfair, I don't know if you guys ever used it, but Betfair is the biggest exchange that there is, and they're really sharp in tennis, like the sharpest. They're sharper than any sports book out there. And a lot of times you see these huge, this huge liquidity pool on a certain guy and that's because there's somebody really, you know, somebody who's really good on that side. And you can actually use that as a market indicator, like you said, to go and bet somewhere else. Okay. Okay. So let me recap that for the, for the listener. If it went over their head, if you're betting tennis and you're, you're, you're keying places like bookmaker, wherever you're keying, he's saying bet fair would be the number one indicator there. So look at, start looking at that. Um, 
And I'm sure you can see the lines everywhere. Can You can see the lines at Betfair because nowadays, even if you have a, a VPN, you can see the lines there without logging in, right? Uh, Betfair, you don't even need a VPN uh, to right. see their lines. Let me ask I need something. to look at that. Betfair, does, correct me if I'm wrong, because I had a friend in Germany yep. who was trying to bet the exchange, and that was a crazy tax rate. They had a Betfair exchange and a Betfair sportsbook, correct? Cor correct. The exchange is what I'm talking about. Uh, and uh, the way exchanges work, uh, Betfair and some of these American ones that are popping up, they only they only charge the they only charge the person who wins the commissions. So so you the the you have to pay you know like whatever two percent two and a half percent whatever it is only the times you win. So sometimes it's more important it's more profitable to actually bet exchanges when you're betting big plus numbers because you're only paying that fee when you know you're one in eight or one in ten or whatever wins what if you're betting tons of minus a thousands exchanges are kind of shit even though you're kind of getting a better price but you're paying more of the commissions obviously so so yeah so that's kind of how they work or will exchanges because i'm talking from the average better to me let's just say what do you call it, sport trade came to my state already from the get it sounds confused right it sounds yeah. super confusing i just want to go to DraftKings or fanduel or wherever just place the best super easy i would yeah. think from my perspective exchanges are going to be flooded with more sharper betters correct me if i'm wrong or, or what do you know you're right okay so so exchanges the way they make money is obviously via volume and the, the the way they create this volume is by using, you know, they can tell a sharp customer, for instance, hey, put a lot of volume on our exchange. And every time you win, we will not charge you the, the, the fee or we'll give you a discount. Or what they'll do is they partner up with these big groups and they say, you're the market maker. You create all the markets and we'll profit split whatever we make. That's kind of how the exchanges operate. So usually, so there's a few bad things. Usually when you do find liquidity on some games, it's because you're you're opposing somebody sharp. If you don't find liquidity, then you don't get any bets. So you do have to go to a normal website. But the thing that also sucks is whenever you put up a price, you might not get somebody that bets against you. And the only time they bet against you is when something has happened that your price is now garbage. Right. So you constantly keep up with it and it's kind of a nightmare i think yeah that that sounds like it's it's geared for the professional i mean the entire thing to pull your and then and then to try to pull it down when when bad info comes out for the bet you have sitting there i mean this is this is almost impossible for your average guy right. or just do it right at post i guess i don't know what you would do i guess you would just write at post get in the habit of putting it at post but it's probably super liquid both ways to post, right? Yeah, post they have more liquidity, obviously. But uh, but yeah, it's just uh it's uh I don't have exact examples when something is super liquid or not, but yeah, it's obviously more liquid at post, but that's also because there's more recreationals betting at post, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so yeah, so it's a bit more liquid than 
the idea that you're betting against other people is just so foreign and people just don't understand. You're really betting against these big groups. So 99% of people, I mean, even higher, let's just call it what it is, 99.8 should just be dealing, should be, should be getting involved in that around post. I mean, never put something early because, um, yeah, it's going to get taken <laughs> in bad spots. And then I hate when people go, never put something early for a large amount. I mean, you kind of want to practice good habits, even if you're betting $10 a game, you, you never want to. You don't want to look at it like, well, if it's only 10, because a lot of people are betting small and they're trying to make it and come up and and learn how to do things right. So that would be one of our tips for the day, guys. Put your try to get involved in the exchanges right around post after hearing all of that. <laughs> Have any of you tested out the, the sports trade or anything in, in the legal market yet? No, nah, the only experience I had I have is with Betfair. Uh, since uh, all these exchanges are popping up in America, they're all in New Jersey for now. Yeah, Betfair was good because um, whenever they, they changed to the winners always had to pay the percentage. So the VIG did go down on those big dogs. So I would use, when I was betting big dogs a lot, the Betfair. I was kind of only doing it during live, live basketball. Is that's the only thing I really bet. And that basically sometimes in those spots, you would get arbitrage people. They would bet versus my number versus so like let's say I don't have any bet three sixty five accounts. Uh, you can actually put up a scalp that's your number scalps with bet three sixty five, and then you get these robots that actually take your bet uh, while scalping bet three sixty five, for instance. Break so, that a little bit clearer because this is a little over. A lot of people say even minus. What do you mean? Say that again. So all right, so. Let's say better C5. Uh, so I don't have any better C5 accounts because I always get I always get limited, right? Uh, so let's say better C5 has plus 100 on one of their lines. Uh, you can offer, you can take, and you want to bet plus, plus 100 at their website, but you can't. You can actually offer plus 101 on the other side, right? That so somebody will then bet plus one on one on the price that you're offering and will take plus a hundred at bet 365. Hence, you're getting bet 365 liquidity going through the exchange. So, you, when you're, you're constantly at traveling, I mean, across the world. So, when you go to these other, other countries, are you betting there or just more just for pleasure? Because I know you, you've been going a while and just got back. <laughs> I don't really bet in other countries, but we use we use bet 365. A long time ago, when I first started working at Pinnacle, uh, I learned the Bet365 trick there. We used to use Bet365 there sometimes to actually bet out, like as traders at Pinnacle. What do you mean bet out? So in some sports, so Pinnacle cares about small juice and and uh, big big limits, but there were some sports that it didn't. Um, those big limits and the low juice they were offering was not like conducive of like what kind of bets you're taking. Right. So for instance, when we started doing soccer live there for the first time, Asia was way bigger, but for us to get a market share, we had to be competitive with Asia. Right. So we were offering limits and VIG that we couldn't offer, but we were still offering it. So whenever a big customer would bet us, sometimes we would go out and bet, 
at SBO bet or somewhere else to actually lessen the position because we couldn't write any any bets against them. So then when we started doing NBA Live, we kept seeing so many places that always had a scalp number versus ours. So you can offer it on the website and then people will take it, but you can also go and bet it. So like we would bet Pinnacle's money on the websites, mostly Betfair. And yeah, then we would just put it in the system like it was a bet on the other side. Right, yeah. Like, here's another example that we used to do. They don't do this anymore. By the time I left, we didn't do this anymore. But like, you guys know the baseball salami? Yeah. So, so every morning as the baseball trader, I would do my baseball salami. And sometimes I would be like two, three points off from Beck Chris's baseball salami. Or I was three points off from the Greeks' baseball salami. So what can I do? I can post my real one, and then they just move it or copy it. We would pick up the phone, and we would call the Greek or Bectris, mm. and we would actually make a wager on the baseball salami before posting ours. Oh, okay. And we would do this every single morning. It was Looking back, it's something really stupid because we're betting like only a few thousand dollars. It was, you know, kind of, you know, I remember I had to, I had to pick up this phone and call this weird place where somebody who didn't speak much English or Jamaican <laughs> accident, accident would pick up and every morning you would have to give them your account number and make this wager. <laughs> Sometimes we had a guy who I used to work with. He would always call the Greek whenever he had bad quarter, quarter lines on the NBA. And the guy knew that every time he called, he was only betting those like bad numbers, kind of like the story with Dave at the casino, which line is one point off. <laughs> yeah. And, and every time he would call, you you we'd only hear the conversation from like the guy that worked at Pinnacle's side. And he was like this New Yorker guy with a thick New York accent. And he'd be like, what kind of Mickey Mouse operation are you guys working over there? You're moving the number on me before I bet it. You know, it's just really funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I, I have a question I, I have about that grand salami. So let me get this straight. Stop me if I'm wrong here. You yep. would sit, you would see it three off, and rather than post a number and get like I guess middled or whatever, you would you wanted to just you you just why did you do that? Not get middled, or you saw value in the Greek having it. Three off of what you thought. So, so we would just bet it because we thought that. So, what would happen is, as soon as we were put, because we would post our salami every morning at the same time, and whenever we would post it, they would just copy it. Oh, okay. our our salami math was just better than theirs. I guess I have no idea. So there was value. <laughs> there was value on those three thousand dollar bets, basically in your mind. Yeah. So we were. So they were. I barely knew how much value that was because it was the very beginning. And uh, they just said, just go whenever it's like X amount of points off, just call them, bet it, and then post our real number, right? So that's what we would do. Well, they had, <laughs> uh, they had to pick up on that, that every time like they had a max bet from whoever that is that kept calling, unless you guys switched off calling. No, no, no. They, 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 they knew we were pinnacle too when we would call. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But they had... Uh, all those big sports books, they have like they would call us and make bets all the time too. 
uh, they had some kind of understandings among themselves uh, that we would just let each other bet at their sports books. Um, actually, the guy that runs the Greek, or his name was Spiro, he was by far the best NBA better I've ever seen. Um, he, I don't know what he did or what he didn't do, but he was just so good. Every time he would better lines, like it was just a run for the hills. But uh, Spanky sometimes talks about him. But uh, but yeah, he's by far the best NBA better there is. So yeah, in him. the in the U.S., that would somehow be insider trading or something. I don't know. Those are- <laughs> Funny story, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. This is just the guy from Pinnacle Calling. Just move three points and let's move on with our day. That's pretty funny. They, they used to also add, they used to also add like weird things that these websites would do. Like, for instance, uh, the uh, I remember like the Greek would not post the real lines on Dombest. So, like, so, so they had the third, so, not all, but some of their lines. If you looked on their website and you looked on Donbass, they'd be off, they would be different. And as a trader, I realized pretty quickly that later on that day, he would bet the side that was off, that like he was purposely showing us that it was wrong. Right. Okay. So instead of looking at Donbass, I would have to look at his website, you know? But and then uh, that with those plays yourself or with Pinnacle Money? No, we would never – We the only times that we made wagers with uh, – the only experience I have with uh, wagers at Pinnacle was the salami stuff, okay. the, basket, the basketball life stuff, and only sometimes when uh, when we would offer a market that was not – it was a market that was like not li- – like we should not be offering those big limits. Right, yeah. Like, like here's another, another funny story. It was my very, very first day. They put me down to do soccer live. Okay, this is a true story. I I just learned how to log into their system. They're like, okay, here's our little soccer model. Uh, here's SBO. Try to be close to SBO. And if this account bets you, uh, just lay it off at SBO, okay? So in soccer, you know how they have the quarter goals? Uh-huh. Uh, so I had a line that was like a half, but it should it needed to be three quarters. So I was offering minus a half instead of minus three quarters. So the guy, this guy that we were supposed to lay off his bets starts betting minus a half. And I start laying it off. I think I bet like $80,000, my very first game by myself. So the guy bets 10,000. I go and bet 10,000, 10,000, 10,000. Five minutes in, my boss starts yelling at me and goes, yo, aunt, do you know that you have minus a half instead of minus three quarters? So the guy was betting minus a half and I was betting minus three quarters. So that's not really laying off. We were able to cancel all that guy's wagers because it was more often it, sh- it should have been like within their rules. So we deleted all their wagers. I got no bets during that game. I just had $80,000 position. That obviously won because, you know, beginner's luck. Just betting on this other website, these guys' bets that we ended up deleting them all, which is kind of funny. <laughs> How did they handle the getting the bets deleted? <clears throat> uh, usually Asians, believe it or not, because those are definitely Asian accounts. They know that they're, if they're betting a wrong line, like they know that if it gets deleted, they don't even complain. 
but yeah, I mean, a quarter goal, like especially live, is worth like over fifty cents. The getting the bet, they knew that they were betting a wrong line. They didn't even care that we deleted them. We didn't even get an email of complaint. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get them. <laughs> so exchanges. That's my little tidbit of information. Micah, you had some questions for us, no? Well, you talked about you know, scalping a lot. And I don't know, if David, if you listened to our last podcast that you weren't on, with Frank and Ant and I mentioned that David is the best screen better in the world. That was his words. And I've seen you do a lot of scalping. How quick does it take? I mean, how, how much time do you have to do scalping? And well, we don't really scalp. I mean, we just bet the one that's pretty quick. I mean, it well, doesn't correct. Take- well, I've seen you have positions that Chris and and pinnacle within a second or second oh, yeah real quick. are you saying you have five seconds to get it in or is that usually still up yeah minutes? you don't have much time obviously because somebody else is gonna pick up on what you're doing or if if they like the side that you're playing back most likely wherever i'm betting it that's the best price that those sharper guys can get a lot of money on you know at least a few thousand so yeah you don't have much time because the line's gonna go one way or, or it's just gonna go one way at that point you know, because I'm I'm usually betting it because it's even off of what the pinnacle number has or the pinnacle number is off of what the other number is. And so it's usually the lines kind of converge, like they go, they move towards each other. But I'm just kind of like playing the market for us on all these apps. Uh, and things are going well. And we do it really quick. I, I think we get our bets in probably quicker than others if I had to bet. But I don't know. I don't watch other people in action. We get it in quicker than Ant. <laughs> no, he doesn't do what we're doing, though. Actually, a very close friend of mine who used to work at Pinnacle and Chris, who actually went back home to the States, and he makes a living just betting live scalping among American U.S. books. He lives in Tennessee. He, he tells me how big these scalps are in live. Like, I still don't... I mean, he's not lying to me, but I still... It's hard for me to believe that these sports books have, you know, 40, 50 cent scalps over and over and over and over and over, like, you know, between Caesars and DraftKings and FanDuel and whatever else. Is that like I'll, something you you ever done, uh, Dave? Yeah, yeah. I'll show you a video after this on, on a play I had Saturday. So you got to, when it's that far off, man, I would go, no, where's the video at, man? You got to have a video. That's, that's one of those ones that you can't come and see you got that without a video. I'll show you a video after this. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm getting all of them. I mean, I have a trained eye to, to get all of them. I, I think I'm getting all of them, you know. But yeah, the one I got on Saturday was extra special to me. Uh, but and, yeah, tell, tell him to start making videos for you. He's got the time. And <laughs> also, also like, supposedly the accounts last longer when you're doing it in live than pregame, obviously. But, uh, but you know, you should get to the point where obviously if you – you know, if you want, eventually you realize which sports books you're always depositing into and which ones you're always taking the money out of. And you can just bet one way. But it's amazing to me in today's world and today's technology that there's books that they're that far off. You know, I get it. There's a lot of games. I get it. There's a lot of different sports, but they're just constantly off. It's just crazy. I have a, I have a question for you then. So you obviously respect this guy that lives in Tennessee and, and, he knows what he's doing. Whenever I hear somebody, whenever I hear you say, oh, he's over there scalping the American books, to me, that's kind of a sign of weakness. Like, 
I don't, I can't see him putting one against the other. If he truly gets what's going on, he's just betting rogue numbers and leaving them open against pinnacle. Right. And back. No, no, what he's currently doing. Uh, eventually once he has the bankroll, I think that's oh. what he's going to do what yeah. you're saying. But yeah. what he's, what he's currently doing is whenever there's a scalp among American books, he's just betting both sides and he's doing this like all day long. So it's just amazing to me that that there's that many opportunities, you know. If your pockets are good, I mean, you should just be leaving open rogue numbers, and you know that, and you preach that, and you don't want to pay any juice uh, because of it, unless unless the risk is too much for you. you. You're all about that too. I think the first podcast you said, "I don't hedge, I don't do that. I just want value in every single bet." But if these if these companies somehow took like a hundred thousand a game and 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 they were rogue, I would be forced to play back, uh, you know, X percentage the other way just because my bankroll. I would yep. worry about tapping out like thirty units, you know. But yeah, all right, all right. So it's a bankroll thing, then. <laughs> Do you think that one day this will will end? Like because it <laughs> doesn't seem something that will keep going forever. Well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say will end, but. Even when I was even when I was in Vegas, well-established companies, a couple of them, still had good opportunity, and many people were taking advantage of it. And so it comes down to how many people are are losing to how many people are exploiting yeah. uh, inefficiencies. That's what it comes down to. And then a company like well, the main companies, it, they're just making so much, man. That that even if hundreds of people are taking advantage of this. They're not, I don't, I believe they're not even a drop in the bucket, but I could be wrong. Uh, but you got stories of guys that can go a hundred thousand on games and they loot, they're down so much money. I don't know who these people are. Um, but yeah, those people obviously add up and their tolerance to give us a couple thousand on rogue numbers is, is still pretty high at this point. I saw, uh, I saw Ohio just uh, turned in their first month numbers they had uh something like uh two billion in volume or something in the first month the the sports books want something like two percent twenty percent or something which is just insane two billion twenty percent wow yeah like like let me see if i find the exact number because i don't want to misspoke but it was like 18 percent there that the sports books won in ohio the first month that it was licensed they had 1.1 billion in volume, and the sports books reported 209 million in revenue. Wow! And and basically, this shows guys that all this extra frills that the sports books offer you, same game parlay, cash outs, bet builders, and all this other nonsense. This is how they get all their money. It Go all ahead. adds up. Cash out taking like a three percent worse than what you should all this stuff adds up but my question is when you hear when you hear those numbers and i hear it and the other states hear it yeah i'm surprised all 50 aren't just trying to jump in head first on this yeah <laughs> yeah for the state for, but for the same month for instance las vegas reported only five percent in revenue so obviously there's a lot more sharps or a lot more educated people in las vegas than in ohio for now Circa just single-handedly makes that number low. Just just circa on its own, if I had to guess. Yeah. And they don't all Vegas doesn't offer everything that the legal apps offer, same game parlays, stuff like that. 
I don't think they can, can they? Mall, you know, they're sure on their nerves, but they don't have as big of a betting menu as a DraftKings with the props and all that mess. I mean, it is a pretty, yeah, it is a pretty big menu, but yeah. So we need to redirect our listener, our, our podcast to people from Ohio, <laughs> and hopefully we can get that number down, guys. You're funny. If you're in Ohio, this is a special <laughs> podcast for you. And if you're not in Ohio, we need to drag your number down too to take a listen. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy the numbers are doing, and now all the states are not jumping in this. But you know, hopefully one day. <laughs> how, many, how many how many companies are in Ohio right now? I mean, and then if I heard that, kind of, I'm just thinking in my head, okay, Ohio, they're less they're less sophisticated. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of thoughts running through my head when I hear that. <laughs> About I have I have that answer for you. Just give me a moment. I'm looking it up. There's probably all kinds of articles about it and why Vegas is low, and they talk about Circa and how people in Ohio don't even know what what minus one ten means, and they're just basically clicking buttons. Something tells me the article would go like that. <laughs> this is a strong podcast. If I would have heard this when I was first starting, I would have I would have been like, wow, this is some good information, and. and Cause I'm even learning stuff out of that was interesting about the exchanges because you would think they have to start somehow. Cause I always wondered if you started one. Yeah. How, how would you start? Like all of a sudden it's not going to be super liquid on both sides. So you have to do something. It's like poker. It's like internet poker after black Friday, the smaller companies. I mean, you had to, you had to like start tables yourself and play heads up against people. You didn't really, really want to play with just to start up the game. Yeah. And uh, every time I hear these, uh, these uh, there's 26 companies right now in Ohio, FY. And uh, FanDuel has a little over 50% of the market share. I just keep listening to these guys <laughs> going in, go on these podcasts that I like. And they're, they're advertising their, their um, you know, the, these exchanges. There's a place called Profit, Profit Exchange now in New Jersey, Sports Trade. And I think the third one, I don't recall the name right now. And I'm sure that, all of these people have have the this poetic idea, which I get it. You know, like why should we be paying four point eight worth of juice when uh, we can pay a lot less? But really, that's not really how exchanges at the end of it work. You know, the sports book is charging that big because they are forced to take a bet in theory whenever you they don't want whenever like you know you're just sitting there and here's a bet that comes exchanges are not like that right but when i when i did when i was betting at matchbook because i remember we we all bet at matchbook in the early 2000s it was pretty liquid i mean if the celtics were playing the 76ers you would have like thirty-one thousand on one side at minus 102 and you'd have like twenty-seven thousand on the other side at might at minus 102 and you're going Wow, this is great. So I, I'm kind of remembering that, but like the starting it up, I could yeah. see how it's really bad. And I'd probably be the one that would take the Lakers and it would say LeBron out later. I, that, that would totally be me taking that bait. <laughs> but, I think, but I think Matchbook actually got started. I don't know if I recall this correctly, but I'm pretty sure it got started by a betting syndicate or was bought by a betting syndicate mm-hmm. that eventually started putting all the liquidity in there. Yeah, they could have even been in charge of money on get things going and get and keep always a big handle there. So everyone talked about it. I don't know. You're right. There probably is all kinds of stuff happening. There is. 
that we don't know about just to keep the numbers up. But yeah, uh, still just another out though for us to bet. It's like when people go, you don't want to bet at Circa and Westgate. Their numbers are good. I mean, at the end of the day, though, it's still another out. And if you're going to bet a game anyway and they have a better price. Might as I mean, well do it there. Trial and error and just see, okay, maybe I don't want to make a bet at that time of day there. Betting early against moves at Circa on Tuesday for football is bad for your health, et cetera. And, and you still get your feet wet and learn things at the end of the day. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm glad uh, we got the Dave approval for this podcast. <laughs> oh no this because people come up to me oh how do i get information i actually hear that all the time how do i how do i learn i feel the some people are really are are making money but they feel like they're capped they're capped that they're not you know you get to that point where you, i feel like i'm capped so well there's spanky uh, calls it the art of sports betting right so like you 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 know what to bet but at some point it's hard to make more money because you don't have enough outs because, you know, if you do get an out, somebody doesn't pay you or some weird shit like that. And uh, it's all, it's all a big, a big puzzle that you have to solve, you know, because yeah. picking, picking winners, it's some people think it's not hard. I think it's very hard picking winners, but it's even harder to actually get money down and get paid. Victoria's BIG talked about it too. More money, more problems. <laughs> <laughs> but I think next week it's going to be a break, right, guys? Because uh, me and Mike are going to go try a look at the casino games. We're, we're, go we're going to Vegas next week. I don't really play casino games other than a little of Ultima Texas Oldham. But, uh, but I saw Mike in action. He loves the crap stables. <laughs> No, that's Sean. It's, it's just entertainment, man. Entertainment. <laughs> that's good, man. I'm not. I'm yeah. not judging. But I got a good spot here in Denver. They have some of the March Madness here. The the first. Uh, I think. I think on the first Friday they have some games here, and I can. It's literally two blocks away from my apartment, so I'm. I feel obligated to go. You know, miss a little bit of betting opportunity, but it's not a big deal on the on the Friday morning. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> Yeah, and I've been from um for as far as like is is you know is winning easy is winning hard your winning's hard and, and and I'm on more of the side of like last night I was like got into depression like I lost one of my biggest outs like I told Dave one of our payment processors just I got banned from it's just and that to me is like super depressing when you got a good bets that you can get down but you can't bet you know yeah. you can't move the money around where it needs to go. It becomes very frustrating, and there's all these losers, losers, losers. But sports books, when you win, it's hard. To, it's hard to 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 bet. You know, it's very frustrating. I get into a depression state, and I'm like, I sent a message to even Deshaun. It's like, I, I just want to quit this. This is ridiculous. You can't do what you want to do. You can't bet when you want to bet. You yell at me and Tiffany. That was classic. I know. I know. I yelled at David and Tiffany two nights ago. I was just super frustrated. Everything which is going downhill. He's frustrated. Why is he frustrated? He's losing accounts. Why is Tiffany frustrated? And you know, so it was like great training. <laughs> we, we should keep this in the let's not edit this out. This is good. Well, it sounds like to me, David, that we went to the wrong state because Ant's buddy's already taken advantage of what we were trying That's to do. That's why I laughed for you. Know, hard. Like, what what the hell? I mean, I should have called Ant. Man, I didn't know this guy. We should have went to Ohio. You know, not Tennessee. That's why I started laughing real hard. I was like, like oh no. He's That's already do, done it. He's already ruined it for us. 
Yeah, you know, he's, he's no, they're doing. There's like they're like three or four together. They have uh, a corporation. <laughs> they're doing it like super legit or whatever. But uh, but yeah, and supposedly their accounts are not getting cut that fast, which is kind of surprising to me. <laughs> Sorry, we have no idea how funny this is to us. Yeah, dude, like uh, like you know, obviously my guy has uh, more horror stories of the logistics, but obviously getting paid and getting stiffed and. You know, until until the world, all the whole world realizes that the circa model is the best way to make the most money, they're not going to. You know, it's going to be like this. We have to battle like this nonstop. Yeah, it's a, definitely a grind, man. It is a hardcore grind, no doubt about it. I wish I wish FanDuel had the circa model. Okay, any limits, anything. Don't worry, I, that'd be great, huh? I love no FanDuel though because they'll tell you your max bet is this. I yeah. love that, man. I, I think it's I, I love it. The uh the problem is that they they care like they can do the circle models, these sports books, and have the menus that they have, right? So the problem is they think they make more money off of their menus uh than of getting more volume by not cutting people off. So until somebody proves to them that they need to find a balance to have enough stuff on their menu where they don't lose those customers and also be able to manage the stuff in the menu, then it's going to keep being the way it is. Makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's like, if you look at FanDuel or DraftKings, you cannot do the Circa model in those, in the, in that context, you would have to have tons of traders, tons, and you would have to have really good technology. And it's just crazy. Because their menus bigger or what? Yeah, their menu is way too big. They're yeah. offering way, way too much shit. Yeah. Like, even even Pinnacle and Beckris, like, they have way less props than those sports books, and their companies have been around for longer than FanDuel and DraftKings. But. All right, well. All right, guys. Appreciate both of you being on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Avoid the Trap podcast. If you'd like more betting tips or want to learn how you can partner with us, go to our website, www.avoidthetrap.com. Until next time, remember, to the victor belong the spoils.